seems to be analytically that must be some kind of advantage because teams never did that before in years past. Team in traffic gets the end one. We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. That's the best rapper in the NBA, Dame Dallasai. Thank you to Valley Sports Milwaukee for that. Welcome back into the show. Sports Machine, Sean Levine, Ryan Horvath. Uh, speaking of those Milwaukee Bucks, with a minute 30 left in the third quarter, not good. Not a good situation. In fact, Eminem would say it's an old-fashioned, passionate ass-kicking where they're getting their shoes, coat, and their hat took it. They're down 94-73 to 73 at home to the Miami Heat. Uh, with that, let's bring in Sparky Pfeiffer. He talks plenty of bucks out there in Milwaukee. Uh, I've been crushing Doc Rivers for the better part now of three hours on the show. Now that he's been the head coach of the Bucks for a few weeks, your overall thoughts? Uh, it's even been a few weeks, maybe a couple of weeks. Uh, and, you know, look, he took over midseason. Uh, that's difficult for anybody to do, obviously. Then he brings in two coaches with him to add to the coaching staff that was already there under Adrian Griffin. Uh, and he's putting in all new terminology. He's changing the defense. He's changed the offense. He's making a lot of changes. And these guys don't have practices, per se. I think they've had a couple of practices. Everything else, they're elongating shoot-around and having to do installs during shoot-around. Uh, and he mentioned this last week of – my vets are only going to do this for another week or two, and they're going to say enough of this because this is not how this is supposed to be in the NBA. But they're dealing with Doc for the time being. His young guys, he clearly admitted, I think it was yesterday, that he doesn't even know their names. Like Marjan Bochamp, Andre Jackson, he calls them young fella. And the vets all laugh at Doc because he doesn't know their names still. Um, so he's still trying to figure that out. So, I mean, it's going to be a learning process. I'll say this. They look a hell of a lot better now than they did with Adrian Griffin, especially defensively. And I know tonight's not a great example because Miami's shooting damn near 60% from three tonight and hitting everything. Uh, but for the most part, they've looked a lot better defensively. Uh, you've seen Giannis now kind of be more of a roaming uh, type position to allow them to have two, two bigs, uh, true bigs around the paint for rebounding, for shot blocking. Um, you don't have Brooke chasing after guards out in the wing like he was doing with Adrian Griffin, thank God, uh, anymore. You don't see a lot of that. So there's definitely been changes. They look more like a, a real top-tier type team. Uh, there's still a ways to go. They'll get there. Uh, but they already look better than they did under Adrian Griffin. And under Adrian Griffin, they were a two-seed uh, at that point. But the eye test uh, wasn't matching up with what the record was. Uh, Spark, actually, since I just got back from uh, Las Vegas this week, we haven't had the chance to talk. We got to talk some Packers football because I bet the Packers $100 to win the Super Bowl at 25 to 1. I'm feeling good about that. But how are you feeling about Pat Bev, the pickup of Pat Beverly? I could see I wasn't on Twitter much. I was like, Sparky's either going to love this or he's going to absolutely hate it. I love it because him and Dame had past beef. I, it kind of reminded me of like Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman going at it and then having to be teammates. How did you feel about that pickup? Uh, he's a punk. I don't like him. Uh, but having <laughs> said that, but having said that, he's good for this basketball team. I mean, obviously, they they need him. They need that attitude. This is kind of similar to P.J. Tucker when they picked him up uh, for their championship-type run. They need that attitude guy. Uh, and the reason I liked the pickup immediately when I saw it and said it was a good move because he played for Doc with the Clippers, so he knows everything Doc's installing. So that gives Doc somebody that knows how to run his offense, that knows where people are supposed to be on defense. His first game, he's got the dry erase board, and he's running down Brooke Lopez in a timeout on the bench trying to show him what he was supposed to be doing. Uh, and Brooke, you know, was kind of like, yeah, 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 because Beverly likes to talk nonstop. Uh, so that may get old quick, but 
he knows what is supposed to be done. Uh, and I like that, you know, offensively, he doesn't provide much. He's already hit a couple threes, you know, since he's been here for the Bucks. But defensively is what you want. Um, and you want the nonsense of, you know, him getting stupid technicals and, and stuff like that to be kept at a minimum, especially in the playoffs. Uh, but I think yeah. he definitely adds something that they needed. Uh, now we'll see how far that gets him. Talking with Sparky Pfeiffer at Sparky Radio, if you want to follow him, joining us here on the BetQL Network. So Boston's a favorite right now, no surprise, at BetMGM. They're loaded at plus 260, followed by Denver, the Clippers, and then the Bucks. How big do you think the gap is between Boston and Milwaukee? If they meet in the postseason, would you be confident betting on the Bucks? No. No, I, I wouldn't be confident uh, betting on the Bucks because they have the ultimate choke and Doc Rivers as their head coach. Would you be comfortable betting on the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs? Hell no. No. Right. No. Okay, then. Absolutely. So, I mean, uh, uh, again, so what you're, what you're hoping for is uh, is that they can overcome having Doc as their coach. You're hoping that Giannis and Dame can help overcome that. The problem is, if you look at Lillard's numbers, they're among the worst of his career. Shooting from the field, shooting from three. I mean, they're not good at all. Uh, and if this team is going to go try and win a championship, his numbers have to resemble a lot closer to what his yearly averages are uh, and not what he's doing right now uh, in both categories. And if that does not get better and he continues to play like this into the playoffs, they're not going to win a championship. He must shoot the ball better than he's shooting right now. Who is the team in the East then, though, like other than Boston? Or is it just Boston that could beat Milwaukee in a seven-game series? Why? Well, I mean, I don't know if it's only Boston that can beat Milwaukee. I, but uh, again, talking from a Bucks fan perspective, which I am, I would say Boston would be the team that obviously worries me the most at this point. Uh, Maxi got off to a real hot start this year in Philly. I don't know if he's necessarily been that same type of player since then. Uh, and, and they're trying to do different stuff, you know, since the trade deadline, trying to add to that. Cleveland, I'm not there. They're still relatively, you know, a lot of their key pieces are still relatively young. Mitchell's going to do as much as he can in the playoffs for him, but I'm not necessarily sold on them either. Uh, and the rest of these, uh, I mean, you're going to, if you listen to Sports Talk Radio enough, you know, a lot of these guys will try and sell you on the Knicks uh, being that team kind of going forward with Thibodeau and so forth. But the one thing we know about Thibodeau is his teams tend to burn out in the playoffs. Uh, because he runs the hell out of them uh, throughout the course of the regular season. Maybe that'll be different this year. Maybe things will change. They're definitely a heck of a lot better than they were when Thibodeau took over that organization uh, as head coach. They definitely made big improvements. I liked what they did at the trade deadline. They've done a lot of good things. Uh, but, you know, are their two top players as good as what the Bucks' two top players are? Probably not. And in, in the NBA, normally the best player in the series wins more times than not. I don't know if I believe in the Knicks, but I look at their odds and value-wise, I kind of like them. Heck, I'm about to talk myself into a Jalen Brunson 50-1 to MVP bet. Well, Paul, we're talking with uh, Sparky Pfeiffer here on the BetQL Network. I know Ryan wants to talk to you about his Packers future tickets, so we can switch over to football here. I'm in Kansas City, home of the back-to-back -back Super Bowl champions. When we talk Jordan Love, and I know you're in that bubble out there where you cover the team, I think I might take him over every other NFC quarterback. Am I crazy? Like, I think Dak Prescott I can talk myself out of. Jalen Hurts took a step back. This guy's young, still on a rookie contract, proven when the game matters. Uh, am I overdoing it? I, I think the key to Jordan Love is his play caller, Matt LaFleur. I think that that's the key. The key is, you know, in the first half of the season, Matt LaFleur was super conservative. It was driving everybody, including Horvat nuts. Uh, but part of that reason was because he didn't trust his – Rookie wide receivers, second-year wide receivers, rookie tight ends, guys that were running the wrong routes, being in the same place as somebody else, 
Uh, they were struggling on the offensive line with, with their young left tackle, Rasheed Walker, a seventh-round draft pick, having to play for the All-Pro David Bakhtiari, who missed the season after that first game. So there was issues. Once they got to that Steelers game, uh, you could see, and I remember talking about it on Curtin Long, Horvath's and mine podcast that we do, about, yeah, they lost, but you could start to see things turning around. After that game, LaFleur later admitted he opened up the playbook because he thought that they finally turned the corner, and that's when Jordan Love kind of took off along with this offense. Now you give them a full season, uh, off season to kind of work together. Matt LaFleur now knows everybody's strengths and weaknesses. Tucker Kraft, I'm pretty sure he thought he was just giving me a blocking fullback, and that was it. Uh, and then Musgrave got hurt, and Tucker Kraft went off offensively, and all of a sudden, Matt LaFleur is looking at Tucker Kraft in a whole different way. So now when you build the offense coming into this year, I think this Packers offense could be a top-three offense in the National Football League uh, going into 2024. Obviously, you have to keep Aaron Jones. I think they will. Uh, they have to draft uh, an eventual replacement for Aaron Jones. I think they'll do that as well. Uh, and don't know what's going to happen at left tackle, but – uh, going forward, I, I really think this offense is going to be really good. And if they're a top three offense, that means they should win, what, 11, 12 games, which means Jordan Love should have every chance to win an MVP. Yeah, and even if the Bears get it right, draft Caleb Williams, I don't think they're going to be ready to win the NFC North. We'll see with Detroit. I mean, I'm not calling for regression yet because they were able to bring back Ben Johnson for Jared Goff. But it, it was funny because in Vegas, I ran into, uh, you know, like Mike Clemens and Grant and some guys that do radio and there's a lot of Packer fans. I mean, there were a lot of everything, you know, like a lot of all fans, everybody wearing their jerseys. But everybody that came up to me was like, Horvat, you were negative. We'll never forget. You said you can't wait until the season's over. You hate covering this team. You want nothing to do. And now I'm betting on them to win the Super Bowl. I know we're already going to talk about this on the pod now that I'm back this week. But um, how do you feel about the D.C. hire? It's not the guy that we wanted, but you feel pretty good. I I I'm I mean I don't know much about this dude. I, I know they're gonna go to a, a four three four two five defense. So different guys are gonna have to play different roles, right? Uh, Rashawn Gary might have to have his hand in the dirt, which he did in college. Preston Smith might have to have his hand in the dirt, which he's done uh, in the past. Lucas Van Ness played with his hand in the dirt at Iowa. He'll probably have to do it now in this new defense. We'll have to see how this whole thing lines up. Uh, but but for me again, I and people get mad at me when I say this, but Jim Leonard, the former Badger defensive coordinator was out there and available. The last time he didn't take it was because he thought he was going to replace Paul Chris when Paul Chris was done at Wisconsin and be the next head coach. Uh, again, this is a Wisconsin guy that played for the Badgers, played in the NFL, is a starting safety, so forth, knows the 3-4 defense like they've been playing, makes all the sense in the world. So he doesn't take the job uh, initially the last time when they hired Joe Barry. So this time around, he's just a consultant for the Illini in Illinois, still hanging out in Madison with his family because he didn't want to move. And nothing, no interview, no nothing. You, you're not even interested anymore. Makes absolutely no sense. And then they make that hire. And now where's Leonard going? Denver to be a secondary coach, which means he was more than willing to pick up and move uh, if need be and, and change his life to get back into the National Football League. And apparently because he turned you down once, you were bitter and your ego was hurt. So you didn't want to call him back again. And now we go to get a Boston College guy who, you know, knows LaFleur, very detail oriented. Richard Sherman loved playing for him and so forth. But my question is this, how good of a play caller is he? He wasn't calling the defense at Boston College. So how good of a play caller is this dude? Because it's one thing to say, you know, well, that's kind of my defense and so forth. But if you've never called a defense, it's like never calling an offense. You don't really know how good somebody is until they do it. Yeah. 
Sparky Pfeiffer at Sparky Radio joining us here on BetMGM tonight. Always enjoy hearing from you, brother. Take it easy. You're in, you're, in, you're in Kansas City. We didn't talk about Lance Leopold, my guy, my buddy over at Kansas. Come on, man. Love Lance Leopold. Absolutely. That's my guy, I'm, man. I, I, I'm the leader of the Lance Leopold fan club. Okay, you I should have worn my baby. I should have worn my Kansas shirt for you to show you how much I love Lance Leopold. Yeah, that's my guy, man. We'll do, we'll, we'll do that next time. I may or may not All have right. a Leopold tattoo on my butt cheek. It is a bet. <laughs>